You're listening to The Honest Report. A weekly podcast analyzing media coverage of the Arab-Israeli conflict, anti-Semitism, and radical Islamic terrorism. Here's your host, Rob Walker. This is Thursday, January 27th. I'm Robert Walker, and welcome to the Honest Report podcast. Today, our guest is someone many people will know, uh, many people will have heard her, will have seen her, and of course, that's Barbara Kay. Uh, She's a nationally recognized columnist and journalist. Uh, She's written for the National Post. Uh, She currently writes for the National Post, for the Epoch Times, for the Western Standard Online, and she's really a fixture, I think, uh, in Canadian journalism and commentary. Barbara, welcome. Great to be here, Robert. Thanks for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. So really, I mean, obviously, you've been a journalist for how long now? Or maybe I shouldn't say, maybe that's not the right <laughs> question to ask ladies. My mother said, you never ask a lady her age. I'm not asking that. But you've no, worked I, in journalism. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. I actually, uh, be, I actually entered the field of journalism very late in life because I thought that was something you had to uh, be trained to do. Um, so I, I actually have been with the National Post for 20 years and I, I started a few years before that uh, kind of freelancing um, and then got my gig at the post and so I was already you know I'm, I, I don't mind saying I'm quite advanced in age and I started quite late but uh, I'm glad it was late because I had I think acquired a little more humility and a little more wisdom than I would have had if I'd started very young. And all this before the age of 30. Very impressive. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so tell us, I mean, you, you write for a number of different publications now. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you've had your finger on the pulse for Canadian media uh, for a while. Tell us, you know, obviously, from the perspective of, uh, of, of Israel in the news and the Middle East in the news, how has the Canadian media covered uh, the topic of Israel specifically, not the Middle East in general, but Israel specifically uh, in the last, say, couple of years? Um, and how does that compare to 10 years ago? I mean, are we getting, going in the right direction? Is it getting worse? Is it sort of the same old, same old? Well, it's the same old, same old in terms of biases, uh, it, you know, in terms of um, how much deeper a trench uh, each media outlet is digging. I'd say that's that's getting, you know, people are getting more uh, more fixated on their position, but some media outlets like the CBC, you could go back at least 20. I mean, in mine, in my appreciation, because I wasn't really tuned in so much before I got into this, but, uh, even back in the nineties, uh, it was always very biased against Israel and, and, uh, probably the worst of the, uh, mainstream media. CBC is very bad. Uh, the star has always been extremely biased against Israel. Globe and Mail has been, I would say, you know, more centrist, uh, but, uh, you know, occasionally more on Israel's side. In my experience, only the National Post has sort of uh, stamped out a position of uh, Israel has a right, you know, Israel not only has a right to exist, but they'll take a very objective view of conflict situations and generally uh, come down on, uh, look, you know, uh, Gaza started this and Israel is defending itself. I mean, a lot of the media in Canada just, they just constantly and automatically take the line, oh, look, uh, Israel is more powerful than Gaza and look, they're 
you know, they're, they're, look at the damage they're doing to, like, they, 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 they rarely say, rarely say, this is a defense of war. Yes, Israel is more powerful, but Israel has a right to defend itself. Uh, or they'll say, oh, look how many dead children there are in Gaza, but they'll never say, uh, the reason there's no dead children in Israel is because Israel builds bomb shelters for their children, you know, instead of uh, terror tunnels, that sort of thing. So, you, you know, you, right. You can pretty well count on most of the mainstream media um, being, let's say, instinctively uh, seeing the Palestinian situation as the underdog situation. So not not looking so much uh, to to have an objective view as to let's see, let's look at the damage done to the underdog side before we, you know, uh, before we look at the whole situation. I mean, that's in my mind, that's how it seems to come out. So, you know, you're describing a situation where I think many, many journalists in the Canadian news media are putting Israel into a particular ideological box or, or let's say seeing Israel and, and reframing it based on how they see the world. Um, so what, what hope is there to move beyond that then, in your uh, opinion? I, that's the question that always gets asked. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not very good at predictions. I, I try to be as good as I can at identifying where the problems are and, and who's creating the problems and who's saying what. Um, I just, you know, I just uh, recently did a, a piece that included a lot of uh, material on honest reporting uh, because honest reporting is one of the few um, organizations that I can depend on uh, because that's their focus uh, to point out even you know small differences in a headline say uh, you know uh, uh, a terror attack will be uh, reported as uh, oh um, a car slammed into a you know group of tourists and like they, they, you know the, as if the car were the were the culprit. They won't say Palestinian terrorists drive car into a group of tourists or something like that. Mm -hmm. So even small headlines. But honest reporting, uh, Mike Fagelman tells me, you know, there, there have been 1,750 um, uh, reports to CBC alone over the last 20 years, uh, and 50 this year alone, uh, pointing out either errors or misleading statements in their reportage on Israel. Well, that's a terrible situation because it, it tells you that uh, there's no will uh, at the highest levels at CBC to correct the whole, the whole um, approach to the Middle Eastern situation. I mean, if, if I were the head of a media organization that had received 1,750 complaints over the last 20 years and 50 in the last year alone about our reporting, I would be sitting down with all my editors and saying, look, we have a problem here. It's systemic. It has to be to get this many complaints. Something has to change here. And we have to have you know, uh, an internal review of what we've been doing and what's the pattern and why. And we have to do something about that. Uh, that is not happening. That is not happening at the CBC. And I don't know if it's happening at the New York Times, which which also has a very long history of uh, of bias, yes, it's ideological at the core. And and you ask what's changed in the media. What I think has become further entrenched is um, this idea that uh, uh, Israel is the bad guy in the Middle East. This is 
I think this is received wisdom now because if you, you know, 20 years is a generation of workers, of staffers, right? So uh, 20 years ago, I remember some people saying, oh yeah, Israel apartheid week, you know, nobody pays much attention to it. Uh, but a lot of us were saying at the time, that's not good enough. It, it means if, if, if that's the manifestation of, of a, a small group of activists, it means that there's systemic um, uh, indoctrination going on at other levels. And we know that there are, we have so many groups on campus that have been reporting campus indoctrination. So, you know, if that's your whole experience when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, uh, and then you come out and you wanna be a reporter, you, you've pretty well uh, absorbed the idea that uh, Israel is, uh, is uh, not only a powerful state, but it's, it's an oppressive state. And, and within the larger uh, woke culture of uh, there's always an oppressor and an, and, and an oppressed, mm -hmm. Palestinians are all seen, always put into the same, um, you know, the same box as all the other oppressed peoples and uh, Israel is amongst the oppressors. And that's, that's, that's kind of something that I think most young people, they don't even question it. That it's, it's like- Take it for granted, they, yeah. They absolutely take it for granted. It's like saying, um, you know, does racism exist? Well, how could you even ask such a question? It's, right. it's systemic. Well, then you say, how do you feel about Zionism? Oh, oppressive, oppressive, terrible, terrible. Right. So, so uh, we do have a terrible problem. How do we fix this? Um, are you asking me how, is there hope or, or, or how would- Well, would really I it's both. I mean, because it's interesting because you've described, and we've certainly heard this from a lot of, um, you know, a lot of commentators um, and critics, which is uh, looking at this and saying that Israel doesn't get a fair shake in the media. Um, and that there's, um, you know, looking at it, I think a lot of reporters or news media outlets, uh, not just Canada, but of course around the world, might look at the conflict or, or the entire situation and put Israel into a box. Um, and if that's driven by ideology, where are the editors? As you said, you know, Barbara, where are the editors and sort of the, uh, the powers that be within media outlets and say, well, hold on a minute here. We understand if there are new green journalists, let's say, who are, um, you know, who are looking at, you know, Israel within a, maybe a woke lens or within a particular framework. But um, where are the structures that help them to put that in perspective or the research that uh, a journalist you know ought to be doing to say well hold on a minute maybe the world isn't quite as simple as i thought it was well i i i do think that the staffers it's not just a few of them i think i think uh across the board there is a sort of a general feeling not only do they believe this but there has been in the, as we've seen in the last few years this idea that uh it's not it's not good enough to be um that re objective reporting is not the job of a journalist so much as uh, doing their bit for social justice. In other words, uh, th there's a kind of a missionary scope uh, to journalism today that was not present in, you know, decades ago. And, and journalists were trained to report. Uh, and if they had opinions, the, the opinion should be in the opinion section. Uh, but now you get staffers rebelling against their own bosses saying, you're not, you're not, agitating for the right causes or not good enough or you know you had uh, New York Times staff they got a report they got an editor fired because they didn't like his head no that was another people that was a Philadelphia Inquirer but the New York Times they had uh, that science reporter fired 
because of a word he had used once in a context. The point is that that staffers in some outlets are they're running the uh, they're running the newspaper. Their their editors are afraid of them. Uh, the CBC had a whole bunch of their journalists wrote an open letter uh, castigating them for not not putting enough emphasis on um, in the Middle East on, you know, uh, extolling the, the plight of the Palestinians. And right. it was a very one-sided thing. And some of the, they had journalists signing it from Al Jazeera and, uh, you know, traditionally anti-Israel uh, publications. And really uh, in, a, in, a, in a good, well, in a proper traditional uh, media outlet, you would have the bosses saying, wait a minute, hold on here. This, you're, this is activism. Your reporters, you don't, first of all, you don't tell us what our editorial stance is gonna be. And second of all, uh, you yourself, if you're gonna be reporting for us, we don't want you to have this open bias. This is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, even the CBC was made very uncomfortable by that open letter and they did kind of scold the people that had uh, signed their names to it. But many of those people are still reporting. They're still reporting on the Middle East too. So um, they're not serious. They're, they're not serious about their own jobs. And <clears throat> I don't think, and that's why we see so much of journalism that is reliable is now on Substack. Uh, people who take their reporting very seriously or take you know, uh, evidence-based opinion very seriously. And some of those people like Barry Weiss from the New York Times, um, they, they turn to Substacks because of the bias against Israel situation and, and some open anti-Semitism amongst other staffers. That was her experience. And she, she herself wrote an open letter that was right. Well, yeah. Well, you mentioned CBC. I wanted to ask about a recent um, letter by Tara Henley. Uh, you may have read this, a uh, former journalist at the CBC, and she wrote this on social media to Substack, if I'm not mistaken, and the column was called Speaking Freely, Why I Resigned from the CBC. Um, and I'm curious for your thoughts. She said uh, she started there in 2013, and she said to work there is, quote, to embrace cognitive dissonance and to abandon journalistic integrity. It's to consent to the idea the growing list of subjects are off the table, the dialogue itself can be harmful. That's the big issue of our time, that the big issues of our time are already settled, end quote. I mean, that's, those, that's quite, a, quite an allegation. I mean, what, what do you make of that? Well, that's a very interesting letter. I'm glad you drew attention to it because I did actually write a column for the Western Standard on on Tara Henley. And when I first read her, <clears throat> when I first read that, uh, I could see, oh, here's an extremely intelligent, uh, very, uh, you know, uh, a very high level writer. And she gets it and she's left. She's actually walked out and she started her own Substack. I was extremely respectful. And in fact, I signed up for her Substack. Uh, but when I examined the letter more closely, uh, I noticed that she said that up until 2013, the CBC was a reliable source of news, and it's only been in the last few years. So it occurred to me, uh, of course, she's only been there. She had only been there eight years when she left. But nevertheless, I, I assume she was familiar with the culture at the CBC, and it struck me, I said, well, that's very interesting. She sees the CBC as having been very reliable up until 2013. Clearly, then she has been oblivious to their Middle East coverage. 
I wouldn't expect every journalist to know intimately what their paper's editorial stance was on every single issue, but the Mideast is a huge issue. And I, my first thought was, well, I guess she's quite young. I guess that she had no quarrel uh, with the CBC bias against Israel because she doesn't even think of it as a bias. She thinks of it as settled science, kind of. You know, it's like like when you say uh, your your paper is their, their editorial position on climate change is that it's very serious and it's 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 you know it's a very critical issue. Uh, you wouldn't say, oh, my paper's biased. You would say, yeah, pretty, yeah, climate change is a real, real, real critical issue. Um, there is there is dissension about climate change, but you might not even be aware of it because you've been you've been in a bubble of you know, climate change is sensitized. Yeah, yeah. You've been you've been totally uh, kind of it's been downloaded into your brain that this is a given. It's like the earth is round. You know, climate change is is scary and, and imminent and we're all going to fry. I mean, you know, that's that's whatever. So it's the same thing with Israel. I said to myself, I think she probably believes there's nothing to talk about here. The Palestinians are oppressed. Israel is uh, an occupying uh, and very oppressive presence. And, and is making Palestinian lives miserable and these poor, poor refugees. I mean, you know, the usual. And so I actually did write a column and I said, first I, I gave her credit for, you know, having recognized that this was not a healthy place for her to be as, as a, an honest journalist and et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I uh, but after applauding her move and, and, and most of what she had to say, I said, I, I really feel that I want to correct an impression that you gave. And then I, proceeded, you know, to give uh, three or four or five paragraphs of CBC's history on Israel and evidence that it has been extremely biased for more than 20 years, at least. So, uh, right, it, you're the subject of your, uh, your call on the Western Standard Words, the CBC's, CBC's woke bias has been a problem for decades. Exactly. Just so people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I mean, that's, I think Tara, is as good as it gets amongst young journalists who um, who are not who have not been truly educated on the Israel scene. Like you, you get you you, you have and you have Zionist Jewish journalists who really know the score, and and you get non-Jews who are really who are usually conservative to begin with, and are and are very open to learning. The, the true history of Israel and, and you know, they, they're not buying into the whole woke thing to begin with. So they're very open to learning. They don't have, they don't come with that bias of the, the sort of the binary, you know, the, the, you know, you're either oppressed or oppressor. Uh, right. And, and so uh, Tara, you know, has the potential to be educated, I think, um, on the fact that she has, she has, uh, kind of accepted a biased version of what's happening in the Middle East because she had no reason not to accept it because she was, uh, you know, most people are not educated to begin with about the Middle East or Israel or anything else. So the first strong influence that gets to them and that stays with them, like their university career or even high school, they're, it's just going to be part of their uh, mental furniture. Yeah, Israel's evil. Palestinians suffer and it's an unresolved situation. And the only way to resolve it is for um, 
oh, I don't know, one state, you know, and everybody gets along together, <laughs> you know, something unrealistic like that. Or, well, you're certainly creating, I think, a very sobering, uh, sobering picture of the impact of, uh, you know, decades of perhaps an oversimplistic media narrative uh, of Israel in the Middle East. And I think uh, that's, you know, the, the roosters have, uh, well, what is the expression? They've come home to roost, um, you know, that we're seeing the, uh, the result of, uh, of a generation or two uh, where Israel is not getting a fair shake in the media, and then it becomes just sort of. I mean, of look at it. it I mean, the media is just is, the media is just an extension of <clears throat> of people who create the media, and the people are they've been subjected to uh, a propaganda campaign that is so extensive, it's so well organized, and so well funded, and so supported at every level, uh, and of course, the left is so dominant in general. Um, and these narratives of oppression and wokeness are so dominant in the university, you would have to be an exceptional individual to simply say, am I, even to ask the question, am I getting, am I getting a full picture here? You'd have to, you'd have to have an instinctive uh, interest in that situation to the point of saying, is this, is it possible that this one little country is the most evil country in the world that it gets so much attention and so much airtime and so much that the United Nations has nothing else to do except denounce Israel. Like, I think uh, you would expect intelligent people to say, kind of weird that this little country of 8 million people is, is like focused on by uh, everybody uh, to such an extent as if there were no other people suffering in the world and there's no other there's no oppressive re regimes that are worth all this time and ink and, you know, uh, uh, talking head times. So you'd have to get, I mean, the average person just isn't going to do that. And, and if you're asking me how that's going to be counter, uh, countered, I don't think it's going to be possible for just a the few, uh, you know, I mean, honest reporting alone, which by the way, does, I think does an incredible job. Um, that's not good enough because we're within the system. Um, I really think there has to be, first of all, I wish Israel would take this more seriously. Um, Israel, their attitude seems to be, ah, anti-Semites, what are you gonna do? You know, they're, they've always been there, they're always going to be there. Uh, we did, we've got bigger things to do and bigger fish to fry than, than responding to every allegation or, you know, having a press conference every time there's a, you know, misinformation in the news. And I, I really think that um, I would love to see a department in Israel that, that really understands uh, agitprop and how to you know, really deal with it. I, I think there's so much more they could be doing from Israel. And yet I see the biggest efforts are made in the diaspora, you know, and some of them are great. I mean, Hasbara and all these uh, fantastic videos you see on the, you know, the real story of Israel and all that. Uh, but but these are piecemeal and it's, it's fingers in a dike kind of thing. Um, so uh, anyways, I'm rambling on. <laughs> no, no, it's quite all right. I, I think that uh, I think that we have a situation where uh, 
you know, where, as you said, I mean, we've had a generation of sort of an oversimplification of media bias, sort of all these confluence of, uh, of circumstances have created a, a pretty significant situation where you have an entire generation of people. Um, maybe maybe not two, all, Robert. But many of them. Maybe I'm two sorry. generations, Robert. You know, well, yeah, I, I was going to say probably two. Yeah. As we know, as we know, the, the, the media were very friendly to Israel when Israel was perceived as vulnerable and the underdog. And, and you know, in the old days, it was the Arabs were seen as very aggressive and there were a lot of them and poor little Israel. And, uh, you know, they were they were seen as kind of a, the David fighting Goliath. And then it turned out now they see Israel as Goliath and the Palestinians as 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 uh, little David. But in fact, uh, you know, that that's a misleading uh, picture because it's it's not the Palestinians. It's Palestinians plus all their supporters all over the world within right. the Arab world and, and way beyond. And they have tremendous support. European NGOs. I mean, there's 250 NGOs in Israel, and 249 of them are on the side of the pal. You know, they're they're right. they're they're it's it's they're only there to spread the news that that uh, Israel's evil, and they're within Israel. You know, so it's there's a kind of carelessness on on Israel's part of it's like ah they're like gadflies or they they don't take they don't seem to take it i think perhaps as seriously as they should and uh, because they know that look you could make the argument look these all this bad press that israel gets has it stopped israel from becoming an economic powerhouse has it stopped uh, has has a single boycott actually been put into practice from any university campus no uh, how many countries how many corporations have boycotted Israel. Look at Ben and Jerry's. They're not doing so well today. Um, you know, the ones that do, it's complicated. They don't, it's not like they, uh, it's not like they benefit from it. So um, it's, it's, it's a lot of talk and a lot of blowhardy talk, but at, I can see from the Israel point of view, Israel's point of view, look, we're, we're, you know, we're too busy doing startups and too busy making money and too busy selling our stuff to the world and too busy doing this and that, but um, uh, it's, it's, it's bad for anti-Semitism. I mean, it, you know, uh, anti-Semitism is running amok all over the place and they are, all they have to do is, is connect uh, their rancor to Israel and then nobody can say they're anti-Semitic and so it's anti-Zionism and, right. and, in Israel, and, and, and in Europe and in the UK, um, there's probably not a single, I can't, Scandinavia maybe, I don't know, is there one or two um, media outlets that, that would report honestly on Israel? It's, it's, it's a clean sweep almost. They, you know, it's terrible. Well, there's certainly uh, plenty of work to do, uh, that, that's for sure. I mean, I, I mean, Barbara, obviously you are a wealth of information and, uh, you know, so, uh, so familiar with what's going on. And like I said, finger on the pulse. It really is a pleasure and, uh, and looking forward to reading your, uh, your content uh, in the coming weeks and months. Thanks so much, years. Robert. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Likewise. And that's today's edition of the Honest Report podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our alerts, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and if you like what you heard, please consider a donation to support our efforts. You can do so at honestreporting.ca slash donate. And until next time, thank you so much for listening.